on CGRU in Toronto. You're listening to Built to Play. I'm Armin Bali, And I'm Daniel Rosen. In June 2018, Ben Esposito was on his way to a game conference when he received an email that his game had been stolen. The idea he'd been working on for six years was already for sale by someone else. People sent me emails with like screenshots of Instagram or Facebook and they're like, hey, they stole your game. I immediately like downloaded it and I like went through the app store and I looked it up and I tried to figure out who made it. Ben was working on this game called Donut County. And when he looked at the iOS store, the number one app looked a lot like it. Well, first I was really mad. I was like, there's no way this is possible. I can't believe this. You know, the first thing I wanted to verify was that it was a game that only existed because my game exists. And so I started like pouring through the details. I was playing it and I was just so mad that someone would like take pretty much the exact concept of what I did and like a bunch of the solutions I came up with. So what did Ben do? Well, the emails didn't stop and Ben felt like he had enough support to go onto Twitter and share what had happened. A company called Voodoo had released a copy of his game called Hole.io and learned that not only did they release a game he thought was a clone, they had a $200 million US investment from Goldman Sachs. And as someone who like made the source material for one of the games, it made me a little bit upset that like someone's investing in accelerating that process and I really don't want to see more stuff like this. And the response to Ben's tweet was massive. Every enthusiast outlet picked it up, and it even made its way to the CBC. Ben Esposito is an independent game developer in L.A. But here's the the thing. Ben isn't alone in suspecting Voodoo and other mobile publishers are cloning games. Indie game developers have been making these accusations for years. They're rightfully worried that if they get cloned, that's it. They're done. Their game won't sell, and their company will be a failure. And that's where Ben's head was at. So it's kind of a bummer because I'm such a small fish, ultimately. I'm literally just a guy. I'm one guy. So it doesn't feel fair that people with money and like an organization can just grab it and, you know, make the canonical version of it. All right. So cloning is bad, obviously, but it does happen. It's always been a part of the industry. People have been cloning games since Pong. Why did this case in particular catch everyone's attention? Well, first, they beat Ben to market, which adds a bit of a twist. But it was also a boiling point for developers who were tired of seeing their games copied. When it comes to smartphones, it's basically endemic to the App Store. Honestly, I think Donut County and Hole.io work as a great example of why it happens. What do you mean? To be clear, I don't have any secret sources or internal documents, but I can give you a sense about how companies like Voodoo work. And to do that, let's talk about Donut County. Yeah, Donut County is kind of like uh, a cute little low-poly world. It's very like friendly, pastel colors, um, and you control a hole in the ground and you move this tiny hole around and you make stuff fall into it. And every time something falls into it, it gets a bit bigger. And the goal of every level is to just completely destroy everything. So you're going to different characters' houses and just tearing them down piece by piece. But it's cute. Ben made the initial prototype in 2012 at a game jam, which is like an overnight game design contest. Like a lot of game jam contenders, his prototype was pretty basic. But 
Ben thought it was good, so he iterated on it over six years. At one point, he runs out of money, and the Indie Game Fund steps in to fill the gap. Eventually, a publisher jumped in to help him launch it, and all this time, he's showing Donut County off. Like, I wouldn't have even made this game if I didn't have a Game Jam version that people were really curious about, and that was why... I even chose to pursue it farther than I did. But it means that his game has been out in the public for six years. Yeah. Like, when you think about Donut County, what is the core mechanic? You are a hole that moves around through this world and kind of suck things up into it. So it's it's pretty simple. I think there's a lot of games that have been like it. Snake, right? Yeah. You are a snake and you get longer as you eat things. And if you hit yourself, you lose, right? Like, this goes back to Pong or anything, right? Just right. very simple you know, easy to understand ideas of what the core of your video game is. So that's Donut County's big weakness. When certain developers see that mechanic, they see an easy way to make money. It's what mobile game developers call hyper-casual games. You better know them as arcade games. They are Voodoo's bread and butter. Like, Dan, open up your phone and go into the Google Play Store right now. Go to the top free chart list. And tell me, how many of the games in the top 10 would you say are published by Voodoo? Uh, I'm seeing... Two by Voodoo in the top 10 right now. And then go to the trending section. Do you see any? What's going sure, on there? Trending. We got Voodoo at number one with Castle Wreck. Uh, and then I don't think they show up again in the top 10, but they certainly are if you keep scrolling. All of these games are like Hole.io. They're simple ideas with... with well, I mean, I, you can look at the ones that are here, right? Yeah. We have Balls Rotate, which is essentially Marble Madness. Or not Marble Madness, but you know those Marble Maze games, which yeah. are by no means complicated. Uh, Crowd City, which th- I swear this is a Japanese arcade game that I've seen before. Oh, totally. Um, it looks like so many kinds of games like that. Uh, this Castle Wreck game, this is Boomblox. This is legitimately <laughs> just Boomblox. So, and uh, the funny thing about it is I think you can almost, like, if you look at the titles of those games, they essentially just tell you what the mechanic is. Yeah, they're like Car Race drive fast, shoot guy, right? Castle wreck. Well, I know everything about what this game is now. Voodoo makes games this way for a reason. They're very quick play session. They're very usually ad-driven from their monetization standpoint. So that's where they deal with a lot of, you know, numbers based. So it's like, hey, what are the odds or what's the numbers that these guys are going to come back the next day? And if they come back the next day, then what can that translate into, into ad views? Um, and then it's like quick sessions so that the sessions go faster. Then you have more opportunities to blast ads at people. You just heard Ryan Hollywoody. He is the chief operating officer of Noodle Cake Studios, a game publisher in Saskatchewan. And his company is by no means as big as Voodoo or their major competitor, which is Ketchup. But Noodle Cake usually avoids making whole.io style games because they've been burned before. Uh, we did a game called Bouncy Hoops, which was... A very simple, you know, kind of one tap kind of mechanic, but it was a basketball game that really was, it just had a really high level of polish and a really high level of just, there's a, there's a thing industry in the industry term called game feel and the game feel just, it felt really good to play it. And that was something that, that, you know, we'd keyed in on and that even though it was very casual, we're like, this is, this is going to do well. So we did that game and it was, you know, not weeks later did Voodoo and Ketchup and all these companies and a bunch of other ones had versions of basketball games that were very similar that not only blew up but like outpaced our game and and pushed us out of the top charts and they've had like versions of theirs sitting in the top 100 since that point so it uh it's something that we've just kind of grit our teeth and bear at at this point because it's if it's just a concept an idea and somebody else does it and 
manages to promote it to their millions of users better than you, that's unfortunately there's really not a lot, lot we can do from a, from a legal standpoint. Early on in the smartphone gaming scene, Ketchup published 2048, which was a clone of Asher Baller's 3s. Voodoo later published Infinite Golf, which was a very similar game to Desert Golfing, made by Canda's own Justin Smith. Then the thing is, once Voodoo finds a successful game idea, it has a really good chance of pushing it into the top 10. Hold.io has been out since June 2018. Ben's game came out about two months later. I ran a very cursory check of their downloads within just the month. Donut County had a decent 6,000 downloads, according to Sensor Tower. They estimate download numbers for industry analysts. How many downloads would you guess that Hold.io had? One million. Two million. And it could be that Sensor Tower is broken, but if they're right, we're talking about orders of magnitude greater than, than what Donut County is able to sell. And it means they're regularly making their way back to the top 10 of the free apps chart on iOS. All right, but Donut County is also out on PC and consoles. It's not just on iOS. And Hold.io is free, right? For sure. But consider, Hold.io has just 2 million in March. And that's a lot of potential eyeballs watching ads. And Ben knows this. He knew it the moment he saw Hold.io on the App Store. I've resigned myself to the fact that, you know, they might make more money than Donut County did. And they might reach, you know, an order of magnitude more people than I did, that's just going to be a fact of life, probably. And that was the same for, like, Asher, Volmer, and Threes was just, like, more people know about 2048. Orders of magnitude, more people know about that game than Threes. So how are they doing this? How are they still charting that high? See, Ben would argue this is what Voodoo really does. They're not a game development company. They're an app store charting company. What do you mean? Well, here's how Voodoo makes a game. First, they come up with an idea, or more often, they find one. Um, Actually, one of the guys in our studio started to go snowboarding. And when he wanted to find a decent snowboarding game in the app store, and he didn't find anything he liked... So he decided to make a snowboarding game. So we made it. And then we were trying to find a publisher because we understood that we just won't make any money if we publish it ourselves. That's Dmitry Pavlenko. He's the founder of a small game developer called Erisoft in Bryansk, Russia. Back in 2012, they had a really successful browser game called Cursed Treasure, but they had their big hit late. By the time they were making Cursed Treasure 2, browser games were well on their way out. The Facebook gold rush had already ended, and smartphones were the dominant way to play short, addictive games. So Erisoft wanted a way into the mobile market. So I just scrolled through the top 100 games in the App Store and just looked at the publisher names and went to their portals and found contact us links or forums and just uh, sent them the uh, the video, the demo version, etc. Dimitri quickly found out that that's not how Voodoo chooses which game to publish. They care about costs per install, which are basically... How much money do we have to pay in advertising to get someone to play this game? 
and then obviously look at the advertising in the game itself. Exactly. And the way Voodoo finds this out is essentially they run a trial. They soft launch your game on the App Store and release ads on social media like Instagram. And if the initial results are good, they'll tweak the game so that it's more addictive. This approach is really cool because they don't try to, you know, to to predict if the game will be popular or not. They are just testing it. They uh, collect data, and if data is good, they just publish it. It's Unfortunately, those numbers never lined up for their snowboarding game. After that, uh, we tried to work with uh, Voodoo again. So we made a new game, and it went through that testing process. The results were not really good, so it wasn't published by Wood as well. So, yeah. This is a hard situation, sure, but there's nothing stopping Dimitri from releasing the game himself, right? Like, it doesn't cost anything to launch on the iOS or Google Play Store. When you go with a publisher, you end up making a revenue split. Something like 50-50 is pretty common, and if the game is a success, that is a lot of money you just left on the table. The challenge is competition. How do you get to that top 10? Ads, which for a small company like Erisoft is hard to support. Plus, companies like Voodoo have an advantage. They're already in the top 10, and they can advertise their new games in their old games. Voodoo releases almost two new games per month on average. So that's a lot of ad potential within the games themselves. Right now, I think it's, I would say it's even impossible. If you're trying to publish your game uh, by your own without a publisher, uh, well, if you don't invest in user acquisition or if you are not very lucky, you will end up with no income at all. This is what I think. Meanwhile, Voodoo makes a lot of money. In 2018, they had the third most downloads of any mobile publisher. That includes Facebook and Google. They have more than 2 billion downloads across all of their apps. And that requires a lot of them. Which is why on their website, they have a blue button that says, send your game, because they review three to four hundred ideas every month. So they have to make their games quickly, simply, and in a data-driven way. Listen to general manager Alexander Willick describe Voodoo's publishing ideology. And we, we've all had to learn the hard way in, in this case. Um, nine months to make a game bull, which really didn't get very good numbers, and then one week to make paper, which was obviously a big hit uh, for Voodoo. It's one of the first really big hits. And this just goes to show that if we fall in love with our games and we spend a lot of time making them, polishing them, polishing them, and making them look beautiful, then actually uh, we are not really listening to what users want. And by taking a very short amount of time, we can actually test ideas out and then double down if, uh, if they work out. So in one sense, they're incredible. They take these tiny products and throw them in front of millions of people. But they're making games to addict you just long enough and then have a game waiting for you when you're bored. It's like game development as a candy store. Like, oh, are you done with that chocolate? Here's a lollipop. And I think that's one of the reasons Ben had such a strong reaction to seeing Hole.io. It's a different vision of what games are for. I think they don't care about video games. I think that's pretty straightforward and obvious um they're they're serving people who you know don't want to pay for games which i guess is cool because those people you know they can get games by watching ads so 
I don't really want anything to do with them and I don't really want to talk or thinking about them because they don't care about the actual products that are coming out and the way they affect people's lives. And I do like, I want the story I tell in my game to be meaningful to somebody. And that's the whole reason I'm doing this. And, you know, I'm going to try to make it as successful as I can, but that's, I started this, you know, trying to really touch people. So we run our businesses very differently. But let's go back to that central question. Why does Voodoo's game look a lot like Donut County? My theory is, to sustain their publishing model, Voodoo reviews a lot of games and tracks them to see if they'll meet target metrics. So they're not looking for content, they're looking for retention. A developer sends them a demo, or it was internally developed. Whoever it was, let's say they were inspired to make a whole game. In one of their conference presentations, Alexander Willick references an older version of a game called The Hole. So Voodoo tests The Hole. It's a huge success, and they tweak it until it becomes whole.io, and Ben gets that email that it's at the top of the app store. At which point, I should add that we reached out to Voodoo to learn more about their process, and they declined to comment about this game or any others. We did hear from a source close to the company, however, who said that the games were different enough that Voodoo wouldn't see whole.io as a clone. For example, Hold.io is an arena-based high-score game with ranked leaderboards. Meanwhile, Donut County is story-centered and much more self-contained. And Voodoo has brought up in the past that mechanics, like the sheer act of moving a hole, can't be copyrighted. So there's nothing explicitly illegal here. However, General Manager Alexander Willick said a lot about how Voodoo views this incident in an interview with GameIndustry.biz. He said, quote, the team at Voodoo is constantly looking at the market for ideas and inspiration. There are many games that are very similar to proven mechanics that then take them a little bit further and are able to identify the fun element a little better than the original. But we should probably play Hold.io, right? You know, give it a shot, see how it feels different. Maybe there is a fun factor there. I have a version on my phone that we can play. Tips, bros before holes. Well, I don't like that at all. <laughs> Yeah, it's very simple. Oh, I sized it up. I didn't realize it was like a, a tier thing. I thought it would just slowly get bigger, sort of Katamari style. Um, or, you know, similar to Donut County. Um, or I, I guess Donut County, you get bigger depending on the level you need to be bigger in. It's certainly not like anything particularly special. It's very arcadey. The thing I find fascinating about it is that, like, once you start playing it, there's very much, there's, like, this sense that you just kind of want to keep going. It's frictionless. Yeah. Right? There's nothing standing in your way of this being a game that you should, like, there's nothing stopping you playing it. Yeah. Which, which is very similar to an old arcade game, right? Yeah. The, there is no friction. There is no, you know, there, there's no dying, really. There's no losing, really. There is not doing as well as another player. Um, and you can like kill other players a little bit, right? But it's like you you do come back. It's not an experience that that asks much of you, thought from thought or from you know effort. It's just sort of an experience that wants you to play it for five seconds and not think about it again. It's uh, which is as much as I'm getting out of it in this you know one minute gameplay session or whatever. All it wants is your time, and yeah. Your attention. It's that's, just, exactly that's right, and it's got an ad down here for Star Trek Fleet Command, and it's hoping that I noticed that, right? Yep. Which I guess I did. Oh, here we go. We're about to we're about to win this one. <laughs> let me get, let me let me kill all these guys. 
is a quick win for us. A new skin unlock. Timeout. You got it. We win. First place. We win. Built to play heroes of hole.io. Champions. <laughs> We're coming for you, hole.io esports. Here's the thing. I think that game is small, and I think it it doesn't really matter. It's not a bad video game. Yeah. Right? It's not there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, yeah. I think ethically, obviously, there there is something wrong with it in theory, right? But mm. there's nothing wrong with it in a vacuum. It's fine. It's yeah. not something I would play or think about really. It's funny when you say, right, earlier you said you, you talked about how you can't copyright a mechanic, but it's funny that people have tried, yeah. right? Um, I don't know if you know the story about Bandai Namco. No, I don't. They went in and patented certain things, certain game mechanics. Uh, for example, for a long time, they held the patent on mini games you played during loading screens. Right. And nobody cared about that because it was utterly unenforceable. Yeah. But people did avoid doing that for a while because Namco Bandai held that patent. Right. And, you know, nobody would be able to patent the idea. And I'm sure in the early days of movies, right, they tried to do this, but nobody now could patent the idea of an action film. Yeah. Right? Nobody could. But it's interesting how, you know, through this action of publishing this game that is so clearly inspired by a game like Donut County, right? Donut County is a game about being a hole that sucks up things. At its most basic level, that's what the game is about. And yes, it is entirely different than Hold.io, but at its most basic level, that's it. And nobody else had made that game yet, except for randomly this Hold.io guy. It, it really does beg the question, you know, what kind of protections do we give people and how right or wrong is it to be able to do something like this? Like sometimes... The issue you'd run into with um, just in reporting this story is that sometimes I would find a game that I thought was like, oh, this is clearly what what a voodoo game was inspired by. But I'd actually find out that, no, that game was a clone of a different game. The rabbit hole goes so deep that when you are someone who's trying to make more of a bespoke product, something that has that, that greater intent to it. There's only so much you can do. When I talked to Ryan Holowati, his idea was maybe you could get rid of the free apps list on Google Play and iOS. But people find these games anyway, and they're advertised within the games themselves so long as they're popular. And if you have advertising outwards, it's like to places like Instagram, it's going to pick up attention even outside of those systems. So then the question becomes like, oh, what do you like? Do you not promote your game? Do you? Keep, just hide it from the world but that's a bad option for ben ben like one of the reasons he made his game was because he kept getting all this great feedback and found that it added joy to people's lives and i mean again right the only reason the uh the the in the games fund gave him the funding to continue making his game is because they were aware of his game yeah you can't just hide that under a bushel necessarily and i mean despite all of this i think that ben has found a way to make peace with it it's a hard place to be to know that your game has been cloned but donut county did well it's a really fun game you should probably give it a shot i've been doing a lot of thinking about it and i think it might not be a bad it might not be all bad for me because i think if people are interested in that game and they think it's fun there's a chance that they'll think my game is interesting in a totally different way and I think my I explore things a lot more deeply, and my game has a lot more character. So it actually might benefit me ultimately to have people who are kind of used to this idea. I won't get the like ego boost of being this guy who like bet it all on this crazy idea, but maybe that's better for me. I don't know. At the same time, you have to consider there was a community behind Ben, along with a publisher. Dimitri didn't have that. Most game developers don't. 
if you make a game like Donut County, there's a high chance that someone is very quickly going to copy you. And maybe that game comes out before yours does. To some extent, that's just how this industry works right now. Or you could look at this through Voodoo's lens. They cited Hold.io as one of the reasons they could open a new studio in Berlin. Alex Willick told GameIndustry.biz that the game was a unicorn, one that radically changed the hyper-casual market. And so, when you make a game, designers have to ask themselves a question. What's driving you to make it? Because you're always going to be competing with companies like Voodoo. Thanks again to Ben Esposito, Ryan Holowati, Justin Smith, Jono Chatterson, Dmitry Pavlenko, and everyone else we talked to for this story. From CGRU, this has been Built to Play. I'm Armin Bali, And I'm Daniel Rosen. You can follow us on Twitter at Built to Play or visit our website, builttoplay.ca. You can also find us on Facebook, but hey, if you really like the show, be sure to tell a friend or review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or literally anywhere that does podcasts. That includes places like Spotify. It can really help us out. If you like today's show, send us an email at builtplayshow at gmail.com. It would be great to hear from you. You can follow me personally at, you can follow me on Twitter personally at Flarkon. That's F-L-A-R-K-C-O-N. And I'm at Daniel underscore Rosen. And remember, don't steal anybody's holes. Thank you so much for listening.